Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to episode eight of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Really excited for this one as we roll on. The Hawks are absolutely on fire right now. And uh, to start episode eight, we're going with the player profile, Merrick Alsher, rookie defenseman, four goals and three assists in 31 games played here in his first season uh, in Portland. Merrick, thanks so much, man. I know we're playing musical chairs. I was trying to get over there. We couldn't make it work, but I appreciate the time here on the Winterhawks podcast. I just want to start with. I mean, you come over to Portland. It's your first year here in this city. How was the first year gone for you so far here in, in a Winterhawks uniform? Oh, so far, uh, I'm enjoying it like as much as I can. Uh, yeah, I was not a little scared. I already changed a team once when I went to Finland. But, yeah, uh, I kind of didn't know what's, uh, what it's going to be like here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since, uh, since day one, uh, I feel so good here. The teammates are perfect. The coaching stuff is good, and yeah, I enjoy playing here, and I hope I'm gonna be here for for uh, for more years. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned not knowing kind of what to expect. Did you know anything about Portland before they took you in the import draft? Like, did you have any idea of what the city was like, and you know, before this all started? Oh, I think it started like a month before a draft, uh-huh. maybe, maybe a little bit uh, earlier. And uh, I was just uh, talking with my agent, like, yeah, I think CHL is the way to go. And then he called me, oh, Mike Johnston from Portland Winterhawks uh, wants to talk with you. So I think I had like three calls. And then Mike told, uh, Mike uh, called me and said, yeah, we're going to pick you as our uh, draft, as our draft pick. So, yeah, then I searched almost everything. I was just... <laughs> Searching the games and uh, watching the games from the last season. And yeah, I couldn't wait to be here. When you make that move, you mentioned talking to your agent, you know, about this being the right move for you. Is that just on an eye to make it to the NHL? You thought that was the best path forward? Like, what was it about Portland and, and coming over here that you felt like was the right move? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, it's much better to play here for a upcoming draft. But also the hockey here, I, I wanted to experience the 
North America style of hockey mm-hmm. and uh, all these games and fans and uh, smaller rink. It's I, I just wanted to try it, and uh, so far I'm I really enjoyed it. So um, I'm glad that I made that move. Well, and you mentioned you're as a defenseman, you get this the difference in ice size. Um, how how long did that take you to kind of adjust to it and just the differences? Do you like playing on a smaller sheet of ice? Like, what was what has that been like for you in your game, and how has it impacted your game? For sure, it's it's, it's a big change, but um, yeah, it, it took me a while uh, to adjust on uh, on the smaller ice ring. But uh, yeah, I feel like. Almost every game is getting better, and mm-hmm. now I feel comfortable. And yeah, for uh, like the biggest difference is less time on yeah. uh, to make a decision, to make a pass. And I feel like I'm I'm enjoying it more because it's uh, the hockey is faster, and it's it's more fun. For yeah. Me. Well, especially in Mike Johnson's system, right? Like he always wants you guys to get out and go and, you know, tempo and move the puck and, you know, kind of use that speed. So it kind of fits that aspect of the game. Now, we're talking about the path to the NHL, Merrick, and and you were named to the Central Scouting midterm ranking list. And I'm just just curious what that means to you. Like you you find that out and you get the announcement and just kind of how, you you know, as somebody who's grown up in this game and you played so long for this opportunity, what does that mean when you show up on a list like that? I'm just so glad that uh, I made that list, and uh, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's just uh, it's a dream to be drafted, and then of course it's a dream to play in NHL of of every hockey player. So I know it's uh, it's a long journey. Uh, it's it's just a start. So I hope uh, I hope it's gonna go well. But uh, yeah, uh, I think my my first my my, goal, my number one goal now is is just to have like huge season with the uh, winter Hawks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe win the WHL and go to Memorial Cup. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I think, I think yeah, fans like to hear one, that. <laughs> number, yeah. That's my number one goal. And the uh, draft is, I would say maybe number two, because I don't know. I, I would more likely to win the WHL and Memorial Cup than maybe be drafted. You know, Hey, we'll, we'll take both. How about that? How about a Memorial Cup and, yeah, and Merrick getting drafted, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take care of both. I mean, when you're, when you're, Thinking about that jump and what it means to go to the next the next level. I mean, you're talking about coming from you know overseas and playing in America, the different size and ice, and how you've gotten you've had to get used to kind of a quicker pace game. Is there stuff that scouts are telling you, or that your coaching staff is telling you, of like, hey, I need to work on this, or I need to focus on this in order to make you know the the GM and the NHL want to pick you? Are there any certain areas of your game that you're working on or focusing on? Yeah, I, I think uh, I was just talking with uh, Coach uh, Don Hay that. Uh, I think I got to focus on my game, and my game is uh, play physical mm. as much as I can with uh, with my size, and uh, make good first pass. And yeah, join the rush, but uh, mostly uh, focus on defense to be really responsible defenseman. And then also like first thing is defense, and then when I do my job in the defense, join the rush and uh, hopefully help my team in offense at all. Talking about physical games uh, and, and using your body, but and probably no more physical matchups for you guys than Seattle. And that's, I mean, it's such a fun rivalry, I know, for the fan bases here. You guys are playing them again this upcoming weekend. You've had their number and you're chasing them down in the standings. Like, you've had the opportunity now to play them with, you know, a great home crowd behind you. You've had the chance to play them going on the road up to their building. What, what has that rivalry been like to kind of experience it firsthand and, and get a taste of some of that action? Oh, uh, 
the driver between Seattle and Portland, I just love it. Even when we play like uh, in Seattle, it's kind of like uh, when they are cheering the Portland sucks. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of motivating me to like get some huge hit, you know, to get the fans uh, calm down or something like that. So yeah, I, ju- I just love those games. Yeah, it's uh, like the pace is really high and. Everyone on the ice just wants to. I I feel like everyone is playing like even faster than normal game. You know, like everyone feels the rivalry between the between those two teams. So yeah, I love those games. Yeah, it's awesome. They're chanting Seattle. You know, Portland sucks. Now you know the Winterhawks. You guys have the chance. Seattle sucks more. It's such a fun yeah. rivalry. I can't can't wait to see another one this weekend. I mean, and just on that, Merrick, like. You you guys have been on fire. Like I I don't know what happened and what flip was switched, but like starting in early December to now, you guys have been darn near unbeatable and and arguably the best team in the entire Western Hockey League. You and you made a trade. You you know you know got a new goaltender coming in. But what what is it? You know you've been inside that locker room. You guys had your ups and downs early in the season, but what has it been the last two months that has just clicked clicked for you guys and gotten you on fire? I, I think just the guys. Uh... We are adjusting to WHL because at the start of the season we had a lot of guys, young guys and a lot of guys didn't have like 50 games in in this league. So I feel like uh, we had that quality even at the start of the season. It was just you know some games uh, some games were good. We had like first period good and for example second period not that good. And now right. I, I think we can play more. Um, how to say like more equally that like every game we uh, we don't have that uh, up and down you know I feel like we're playing uh, yeah I, I just feel like uh, all the players all the young boys uh, are adjusting to the game and uh, adjusting to the league so yeah I think that's that's the fact that at the start of the season we had a lot of gay, young guys. Well, it's working, man. Whatever you just getting used to the speed, the tempo of the league. You guys have been a, a fun one, uh, fun team to watch in the last you know month and a half, two months, and seeing you climb up the standings. I know you probably got your eyes set maybe on Everett, and you got a battle with Seattle. But I- any areas of concern that the coaching staff is focusing on or highlighting of hey, we want to keep this up. This is what we need to do really well. I think just uh, like high pace, like we yeah. we have a lot of speed in our team, and uh, that's the thing we want to. Maybe even get better because yeah, that's 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 our game, just like a fast and physical game and yeah. So that's that's the thing we are focusing on, just make fast attacks and uh yeah, fast fast breakaways. So that's the thing we wanna do. Yeah, use your strengths going forward. I, uh, yeah. I think I, I like the sound of that from Mike Johnson. You know, you you had the chance. Now I'm gonna I'm probably gonna butcher some words here, so you can go ahead and call me an idiot if I sound like an idiot. You had the chance to play. Is it the Helinka Gretzky Cup? Is that how you say it? Oh yeah, Helinka Gretzky Cup. Okay, okay, I got it. I'm uh, someone in the ballpark. Then I'll take that. What, and what was that like representing your country, getting the chance to play in that? Oh, like every time I wear uh, uh, my national hockey jersey, it's a it's really awesome experience, and I I enjoy like every game I play with the jersey. So, yeah, it was a big tournament. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, yeah, I hope we're gonna make some success in uh, under 18 World Junior right. Championship. Right, I know you guys are. It's such a big deal in the hockey community. I can't even imagine the pride that would be will come from wearing a jersey like that. Now, your hometown is is it Cladno? Is that how I pronounce it? 
Yeah, Cladno. Okay, Cladno. Now, what what are the biggest differences and I guess similarities between Cladno and between Portland? I just feel like uh, Portland, it's like a better facility, better better uh, uh, fan base, I would say. So that, that's the thing I'm, I'm enjoying like uh, most here, like the fan base because the fans are really awesome. That, that's the biggest difference, I would say. Yeah, the fan base has been great. It's been fun to see some of those big atmospheres of games this year and the Teddy yeah. Bear Toss game and all. What was that like playing in a Teddy Bear Toss game? Was that pretty cool? Oh, Teddy Bear Toss, that's, that was an awesome game. Like I, I didn't even know like uh, what was the Teddy Bear Toss like a month ago. Oh, really? I was like, what, what's that? <laughs> and uh, and then when uh, when Robbie scored, it, it was a huge, yeah. <laughs> now, did you guys have any like bantering in the locker room about who was going to get the goal? Did you you know any any you know side bets on who you thought was going to get the job done? Oh yeah, we had a bet. <laughs> I don't even know how much uh, did Robbie get, but it was kind of a lot. So <laughs> I love to hear that, yeah. man. That's awesome. That's so cool. I get that scene of just watching all those teddy bears come on the ice. That's one of the favorite moments of the entire season. You guys got some some great promotions coming up again. So throughout the year, yeah. so I, I want to have some fun with you, American. I know. I think Hawk fans could enjoy this. Can I ask you to say a couple of phrases in your native language? Can you help me out with that? Oh, yeah. Okay. You want to translate something? Or sure, today? yeah. So so uh, how how would you say, let's go Hawks? Uh, Hawks. Okay, there we go. I'm gonna, I'm, I want the fans to be chanting this in the arena on Saturday. So anybody that listens <laughs> to this, I'm going to have them take notes on it so they can chant this. How, what, what do you call, uh, what, what's a power play? Przesilovka. Uh, I, I don't think it. you're going to say that because that's uh, <laughs> Specific letter. It's okay. Sure. I don't think you're going to say that. I don't think I'm going to get that one. No, I'm just going to glance over that one. We'll go to the next one. What about a hat trick? Uh, that's just hat trick. Yeah. Okay. No no different phrasing on that? Okay. Yeah, just hat trick. Okay. What about, now I'm, I'm sure Seattle would be the same, but the phrase Seattle sucks more. Oh, I was just talking with my dad about it, and I don't even know how to say that because it's, uh, it's like the word sucks. It, you can pretty much, like, translate that too much into Czech. I know. I would say maybe Seattle and Ahovno. That's got a good sound to it. I like that. That's got a good sound. Okay. We can have the fans chant that on Saturday when they're in town and uh, you get another rivalry night. Now, I I, I love to end these, Merrick, just kind of with a fun uh, uh, get to know you a little bit for for the fans to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. So I'm just going to, I'm going to throw some things at you and you can either, you know, your favorite, the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, I'm going to start. What's your favorite TV show? Oh, now uh, Kim's Convenience. Do you oh, know that? I don't know. What channel is that on? Uh, th- no, that's uh, on Netflix. It's from, okay. I think, Toronto. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. I think Lu- Luca, Josh, and uh, Dante, they kind of get me into that. So I'm just starting to watch it, and I like that. So. Okay. All right. That's your number one go-to right now. I got to check that out, man. I haven't heard about that show. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite movie right now? Oh, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit you know of that? Happiness, of course. That's a classic, man. With Will Smith. That's a classic. I love that movie. Okay, feel good story too. I like that. Uh, who's your Who's your go-to musical artist right now? You got any bands or you know any singers? Top five is probably the Czech artist, but the first like uh, like a popular one would be. Hmm. Are you still listening to mostly mostly Czech music? Yeah, mo- yeah, mostly Czech. Like even like w- w- when I'm here and uh, I don't hear the Czech too often. That's even I I'm listening Czech music even more. Yeah, so. <laughs> you gotta like fight for the chord when you guys are fighting. You know what music to play in the locker room. You gotta be like, hey, let me get some of my songs on there. 
Oh, I think I was playing my songs like twice only when I was in the gym with with few guys. But yeah, I don't play that like in front of everyone. So. Do they do they put up with the Czech music when you put it on over the speakers, or do they complain the entire time? Oh no, uh, they kind of like that. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, so they kind of like that when I was playing Czech songs. Hey, you got to learn something new, right? It's new cultural stuff. You got to yeah. you got to show them around. I like that. All right. Well, we'll just go with Czech music. I like that. We'll we'll stick with the the native music. Well, you got to go to video game right now you're playing? Probably Fortnite, yeah. That's yeah. the game we're playing now. Fortnite's a game. Okay. Are you a big are you a big video game guy in downtime or not that much? Uh, not that much. Just yeah. when we have like a free days or uh, yeah, like uh when we have just practices, but like I, I don't play like when it's uh, the game day or even the day before. I don't play at all. It's kind of just I don't feel good. Yeah, it's just like three days per week, four days maybe. I don't think people realize how busy your schedules are from like skate time in the morning to practice to yeah. going to class and then get ready for a game, the bus trips. Like it's you guys, not like you got a lot of downtime, that's for sure. Do you, do, what's your favorite? Uh, we won't tell the trainers this. What's your favorite fast food? My favorite fast food? Uh, I would say Chipotle. Yeah. Chipotle. That's been because, the number one answer. Because we don't have that in Czech. And uh, I'm enjoying that so much here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny. Everybody else I've talked to has said the same exact thing. Like their number one is go to is Chipotle. And yeah. it's mainly because it's just not, they don't have them where they're from. All right, Chipotle. Yeah. Do you do burritos or you do bowls? Oh, I do bowls. Yeah. Okay. That's smart. You got to watch the carbs, man. Watch the carbs. I like that. Uh, you got a favorite NHL team? Oh, Washington Capitals. What? Well, how, well, how come Washington? Oh, uh, I think it's uh, a lot of like Russian players. I kind of like the Russian hockey. I don't know. I just like uh, I just like the drive of the Russian players. Like Ovechkin, he always wants to get to the in the net, like no matter what. What? So yeah, and then I uh, Jacob Rana was playing for them. I liked him so much. And when he when they traded him, I was mm-hmm. so mad. Like <laughs> probably one week, I was so mad. I know that I was in Czech at that time, and the guys in Czech they they know how mad I was. Like every day, I was talking about it. So <laughs> I love thinking of like hockey players who you know you're you're a step away from going to the NHL, but you're reacting the same way that the fans do. You know, to trades yeah. and players that you like. I love that. I love that image. Uh, last one for you, Merrick. What's the most used app on your phone? Most used app? Yeah. Are you like a Twitter guy? Instagram, Twitch? Do you got a you know a Spotify? I think Spotify, yeah, for yeah, sure. Spotify yeah. and then probably Instagram is uh, a little bit below yeah. Spotify. But okay. yeah, Spotify is number one. Number one. There you go. Well, Merrick Alsher, uh, you're having a great rookie year, man. It's been so fun to watch you over here in a Hawks jersey. And, and congratulations on being named to the you know midseason watch list. I know that's really exciting and a great accomplishment. Yeah. And can't Thank wait you. to see how the rest of the year goes and where you end up getting drafted. And uh, best of luck this weekend. But thanks so much. I, I unfortunately have to send you back to class now. So I know that's not the best of news. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for the podcast. All right, let's go from one Merrick to the next. How about that? From Merrick Alsher to Nick Merrick, the voice of the Portland Winterhawks, our good friend. Every episode he shows up again here on episode eight. Uh, Nick, first off, man, I just how, how are things going? It's been a couple weeks, took a two-week break. How's everything going in Nick Merrick's life? Oh, things are great. I'm glad uh, Hockey World's kind of ramped back up, just getting settled into the new place still and uh, here in Hillsboro. So that's been fantastic. And, yeah, it's pretty crazy. This is the first year I've had the deal with uh, – 
Actually, I think it was the first time I've even had a Winterhawks named Nick. There's been no other Nick on the team, and right. now I get Merrick on the team. So what's going on with that? i gotta, I got to talk to Mike Coughlin and, and uh, his scouting crew and say, hey, hey, avoid getting those Nicks and those Merricks because it gets me confused. Yeah, I thought you had a trademark on the name over there. What's going on here? People are encroaching on your territory, man. They can't be doing that. It, it actually happened before. It's funny you say that. When, uh, when the team drafted uh, Merrick Hayduke, um, he was the uh, the son of Milan Hayduke, a longtime NHLer, but he's uh-huh. playing in the USHL now. But he's still a prospect. It was funny because I sent a tweet out and and somebody responded and they were like, "Oh look, the kid's already here in Portland," because um, they were keeping posted on on the Winterhawks draft class. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, they, they got the wrong merit, but they were close." <laughs> oh man, I love that story. So I mean, let, look, we've talked all year, and and we highlighted early in the season that Mike Johnston teams click usually around the holiday break. Like, give them time. Yeah. And, and I was just talking with America Allshire about that. I said, what the hell happened? Like, December turn, and you guys are unbeatable. And he said, you know, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys getting you know, their first run in the dub and, you know, getting used to the opponents and the speed and all the different things that come with playing in this league. I got to be honest with you, man. When we found out that Seth Jarvis wasn't coming back and when Reese Newkirk's not coming back, I, I, I figured they were going to get better because it's a Mike Johnson coach team. I don't know if I saw this coming. Like, this team feels, and I know they're not undefeated in the last two months, but they, they, it feels like every time they take the ice, there's, there's an air of confidence. There, there is an unbeatability about this team right now. I mean, are, are you surprised at how much that flip has switched and how well this team has played over the last six or so weeks? You know what, Andy? I honestly am. I think surprise is, is probably a good word here because my my uh, this is my fourth season now with the Winter Hawks, and of course I've been really spoiled coming in during the Cody Glass era, and sure. that, that quickly transitions into the Seth Jarvis era, even though it was cut very short. Uh, no thanks to COVID, but uh, you know it was always one where I expected and, and knew the Winter Hawks would be competitive. I knew they could be a championship-driven team. And going into this year, they had the pieces in line that they really could have made a push if everything fell perfectly. And now you're in a point where. In hindsight, you kind of still can make a little bit of noise come the playoff time. And who knows, because sky's the limit when you get a younger crew that continues to improve each day. Like, nobody's at their peak yet. They're still growing. Um, so I think that's the exciting part right now. It's a little bit of a different year for the Winterhawks. Mm-hmm. But uh, I- I've said this now before this month. I think this is the first year when I heard that from Mike. I'm thinking, okay, this is the Mike catchphrase. I've seen it, a- I've seen it around a while. I know he's always said that he likes to evaluate during – the Christmas month and or right around the holiday season. But of course, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, all right, come on, Mike, like there's going to be, have to be some kind of shakeups made, whether right. it's struggling a, a lineup or, or, you know, it was, it wasn't a good, it was not a good October in hindsight. There were better expectations for this winter Hawks team. And it, it came a little longer uh, down the line for them to gel, but this was the first time you doubt Mike Johnson, you doubt his coaching style. And I don't think I necessarily doubted him, but I definitely put a little bit of question mark thinking, I don't know if this team's going to turn a corner around Christmas and, here we are. The team's won 11 of their last 13. Uh, so I'm kind of eating my words a little bit, or at least I should say I'm eating my thoughts. I don't think I've ever vocalized that to Mike. He'll probably hear that in the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Um, but him him and Don and Brian are just doing such a terrific job of, of taking this group and working with them. And, and there's little steps that are made each day. You could see it. Like I've, I said this since day one when we talked in the podcast. This is the tightest team that has been in Portland since I've been here, and I know there's been tighter teams, I'm sure, but this is the most well-knit and well-put-together and good human team that there's been uh, since I arrived here in Portland, which is good because that translates usually to success on the ice because you get a team that's so well-bonded. And, you're, and that's why I was kind of questioning, like, well, this team is really well-bonded. Like, they're doing some good things. Why aren't the wins coming along? Right. And all of a sudden, it just, it just kind of needed another month or two. And I think Merrick probably hit it on the head when, you know, you get guys who are – 
17 years old. They're technically in their quote-unquote second season, but they didn't get a full first season. They didn't play in front of fans. That's a different animal. So essentially those guys who are in their second years, they're kind of playing their rookie year to some extent because now they have fan bases watching it. Many of them you know, only played in front of, let's say, 50 to 100 fans when they were playing in the under-16 level. Uh, or under 18 level before coming to Portland. And now all of a sudden they're, they're here and they're in front of a couple thousand fans, both at home and on the road, and they're feeling different adversities. And they're doing more traveling. And, you know, it's a 68-game schedule compared to, let's say, a 40-game schedule with some tournaments. So right. it's, it's a different grind. And they got used to the grind last year, but they didn't get used to the, let's get to the rink, you know, let's put on a show for the home crowd, let's make sure we take care of business on the road and take the crowd out of it. I think that different element took a couple months. And, you know, the systems for Mike and his coaching staff kind of start implementing itself. And they're, even though they seem very simple, like there's not much change, right, to the Winterhawks team. His system in hindsight, it's all about minimizing mistakes. When you're playing a top-end team, you got to minimize your mistakes. Against Kamloops, first period, couple mistakes. What happened? Team's down 2 nothing. Second and third period, virtually zero mistakes in the defensive zone or neutral zone, really, uh, where they controlled possession and then they ended up scoring five straight to beat the Blazers. So uh, those are kind of directly correlated, which, yeah, obviously, Nick makes sense. But it's it's very interesting to see how this Mike Johnson-led team is really coming around again uh, in the 2022. So sky's the limit. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team pushes for playoffs. I mean, no doubt. It, it, to the fan, though, too, again, you used to play in front of fans. Like Merrick brought that up, just saying, I, I asked him, what's the biggest difference between playing hockey over, you know, in his hometown to coming over here? And the first thing, he didn't even mention this, you know, size of the rink and all the other differences, just the fans, the, you know, the fan base and the support and, yep. you know, the noise that people are making. They love playing in these atmospheres and, and the rivalry atmospheres on the road. And uh, it's just, it's a big difference. And just, you know, for note, I was, you know, scrolling while you were talking just to make sure I have my numbers right. I count only one loss in regulation since it turned December yep. 1st. One December seventeenth yep. against Spokane on the road, they lost four to one. They have a couple of losses in OT, obviously, as we pointed out, and you know, just uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, recently to Tri City, right at home on Saturday, yep. two to one loss, and that was a shootout loss, not an overtime loss, but one loss in, in regulation. Man, that is bananas, and I love your point of maybe this is the right lesson. We all have finally learned it. Maybe don't question Mike Johnson in the future because we do this to great coaches, and then great coaches find a way uh, to do this. Let's talk about the goaltending situation where I know. They love the, they love having competition. Uh, Gauthier has played really well since coming in, uh, gotten you know the bulk of the minutes and the starts. Just how do you see that? The way Gauthier has impacted things and how it plays out going forward. Well, I think Gauthier kind of shored up that calmness factor uh, for the Hawks, and that I think it was one where in, in hindsight, uh, you know, everyone knew that Dante'd be the one, and and they liked the progress of where Lachlan Gordon was, but you know, come, let's say, three weeks ago now, the team was looking, okay, can we kind of position ourselves to make a playoff run? Is that now a possibility for this crew because they're starting to get on a little nice streak? Now they've gone on a bigger streak. Uh, so it was a good timing for the move. They bring in a goaltender that could really compliment Dante Genuzzi. You'll kind of have Lachlan Gordon now as your, as your ace in the hole, and I'm sure he'll be back for playoff time as a, you know, an, an extra goaltender um, and probably very much a part of this team's future plans mm-hmm. because – Still 18, got a couple more years in the league, and uh, Gauthier is going to you know, age out after this season. Januzzi will be a 20-year-old next year. Um, so definitely still some chances for Gordon. I think that's the one thing for fans is you know, don't, don't lose your sight on that. He's still part of this team uh, moving forward. But what Gauthier did is he came in at a time in which Dante Januzzi was playing his best hockey. And frankly, I think he was snubbed of a goaltender of the month award in the WHL. I thought his numbers were outstanding. A sub-two goals against average a save percentage just a little above 92%, had a shutout in there, got seven wins and eight starts. Uh, I think he played nine or ten consecutive games yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Hawks. And then the Gauthier trade happened, 
and now you got the goalie who's three and zero to start his time here. His save percentage is like ninety five percent. He's really comfortable. So you're getting one goaltender in Janutsu who's really playing top of his game, and now you bring in another piece to help you know push him that much further and, and keep him sharp, um, and also time off. Uh, it, it's kind of one of those where there's a good balance now. I think you can go back between Gauthier and, and Janutsi, where before it, it kind of ended up, I thought it was going to be kind of this tandem with, with Gordon and, and Janutsi, but I was a little wrong with her. They kind of started to ride Janutsi a little bit more, and mm-hmm. they wanted to give him more time and see if he could make that next step, and he did. Uh, and now it's kind of like, okay, now you have two goaltenders that can make a playoff push. And when I talked with Mike Johnson, one of the things he said is, you go on playoff runs with deep defense and good goaltending. That's where it starts. Obviously, the, the goal scoring for Portland has been elite in this last month and a half. I think, I think if, you, if you get rid of the month of October, I think the Winterhawks would be third in the WHL in goal scoring. I think <laughs> now they're about fifth or sixth. Um, so like they, they caught up the pace pretty well. But you've got you to start things on the defensive side. And, and uh, kind of having that tandem and, and goal is going to be very good. Uh, and, and fans got to see last year. Gauthier, or not last year, last week uh, on, on the podcast, the previous episode, Gauthier is very well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's a tremendous human being as well that really gelled in the locker room immediately. He's more of a vocal guy as well, so him and Dante have a really good banter back and forth, and, and uh, they like sharing their success together. So uh, it, it's really cool how well the team has gelled. Even when you get those new additions, it kind of just helped put the team on the next pedestal and saying, okay, now all of a sudden, rather than just trying to the playoff team, I think the mindset's really quickly gone to let's catch Seattle. Like we could pass Seattle in the standings. It can only take two weeks to do so. Um, so I think that's what the next you know objective or goal is going to be. Right, and and you pointing out how well this locker room has gotten along all year. That probably makes it easier to absorb a new player, right, and bring him into the mix. And then for Gauthier, when you're already beloved where you're coming from, and then also on top of that, like you're hungry for that opportunity at the next level. It's a guy that everybody around the league, everybody we talk to, I just scratches their head like, how is this guy not drafted? It doesn't make any sense. And he's clearly looking yep. for that next opportunity. So you got a hungry guy that's getting a chance to win at this level and play at the next level. It's a great combination. I'd love to hear that they're getting along well in the locker room because you never want those kind of egos to get in the way of what could be a special season. And speaking of the next level, Nick, I, I want to get your get your thoughts on this. Like I know some, you know, Marcus Nguyen has shown up and Ryder Thompson has shown up. But on the latest scouting list, you know, seeing guys like Merrick Alsher, who I just talked to on the podcast, and then James Stefan, who's having a terrific season this year and some out-of-this-world highlights, like, I don't know, I, maybe I'm too close to it and, you know, doing the TV games and getting a chance to watch a little bit more than some folks around the country. But I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, why aren't these guys getting more attention and more recognition? Uh, because they, they have been terrific hockey players this year, and they really stand out. Anytime you watch Portland play, they got two or three guys that stand out, and you think they could play at the next level. But how nice is it to see a couple of them get that attention on the, on the central scouting watch list? Oh, without question. It's always great when you get a couple guys on that watch list. And I know the players always kind of say they, they, you know, they appreciate the acknowledgement, but a lot of them try to just zone it out. Uh, then it becomes that mental game and it gets in their head and they think about it too much. And uh, to kind of bring that back to a Seth Jarvis comparison, that's in hindsight what, what he told me it happened to him. He said he was kind of nervous. He knew he had a lot of expectations. He was kind of on that bubble of being, you know, an A-rated prospect when the central scouting uh, initial list came out or a B-rated prospect. And that's basically the difference between, you know, a first-round selection or yeah. a second, third, fourth-round selection. Uh, and he was kind of just nervous. Like, he came in nervous. He said that. He said he was like he was tense. He was kind of too focused on that. Then when he talked with Mike Johnson, and basically Mike was like, just ease up. You're, you're going to be fine. Just play your game. 
Don't think about that. It's going to come. And then all of a sudden, like this brighter and happier Seth came around and he shot up the ranking boards from uh, a B-rated prospect, which they probably penciled him like second or third round, to now being around the top 40. So like now he's pretty much a solid second round pick. And then when the final rankings came out, I think he was like 13th on that list or something Whoa. like that. So, so he, he kind of just climbed up. And I, I think that's what these other players are going to do now with Portland. The reason I bring it up is, you know, you, you look at Ryder Thompson and Marcus Newman, love their games. They have so many flashes that undoubtedly will attract some, some pro potential. Uh, and then when they see that, they, they, you know, you always want to see more. Then you want to say, okay, this, this player needs to just boom right now. But the problem is the team wasn't gelling in October. So when the list came out, then the point production went down a little bit. Those players were still playing pretty good ships and pretty good games, right. but the team doesn't have as much success. You don't get as much eyes on you. Uh, I know you and I talked a little about this, and I think there's 100% validity to it. If you don't have that true number one pick, um, like I'll throw for, well, like with Seth Jarvis, like we have in the past, or a Cody Glass before that, so like during my time, or you go back to Joe Hansen and Bjorkstrand. Scouts are going to come naturally just to watch those players, even if they're kind of unattainable at their draft spot. Like, let's say an NHL team's drafting 20th, and you know Ryan Johansson's going to go in the top five. Right. Okay, well, you're probably still going to want to watch him to see if it's worth making a trade come the deadline. Um, you know, do we want to acquire that pick to try to go after these players? So you get more attention on those than which trickle effects down. And then you're going to watch everyone on the ice because you're at the game. So you'll see the other, you know, the other Winterhawks teammates. I think that's kind of what's going on now with Portland is this team is so deep and they have a couple of NHL players already, but the talent's there. Uh, but I don't know, maybe it's just like not, not quite clicking yet. The team's team's on a nice streak. Uh, I think James Stefan's a terrific one to get on that list. I think he put in the work. He's doing everything he needs to to be recognized at that level. And I truly believe he deserves to be drafted, especially just based on the way he's been playing, his offensive prowess, his shot is definitely pro-ready. I know he can shore up some other things. He's mentioned it, but he puts in the work. Every time I talk to him, he's like, I'm working on my conditioning, Nick. I'm working on my skating. Like, I know what quote-unquote flaws or areas I need to improve on yeah. that will help get me to the next level. So these kids are really smart. They, they know where they need to work, and they know when they have an elite skill like James Stefan with his shooting, he's going to keep working on that to make sure it stays at the top because that's what's going to put him over you know, some other prospects in that realm. But then you have a Gabe Claus who's also in his second year of eligibility. I feel like that's, that's a player who we've seen strides that a Gabe Claus that deserves to also get some pro mm-hmm. recognition. He's gotten in with some development camp stuff, which is always the start. Uh, but he's kind of a player that in his 18-year-old season, I think he should get some attention from NHL teams. I'm sure he is. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how these final rankings come out. The team wins. You're always going to get more attention. Portland's always a great place to commute to, uh, you know, from a scouting perspective. So uh, when, when you get these top-end teams, even in the U.S. division, like I look at Seattle, for example. I know it's Portland's biggest rival, but they got a lot of top-end players right now. Kevin Korchinski, a defenseman. Very much going to be a first-round pick, I, I would imagine. So I love his game. Uh, then you go in, into uh, Tri-City. Lucas Dragasivic is, is really good on the defensive side. Uh, Seattle's end continuing. Reed Schaefer's kind of taking the next step. So there's, like, other players in the division. So help your team when the league is doing well. Yeah. That's to get more eyes on you from that regard. So uh, another good first step. I think the final rankings don't come out until May, I think, is the next one. So there won't be any adjustment now for the next, like, five months, let's say. Uh, but once those come out, I wonder if it's going to be two, if it'll be three, if it'll be four Winterhawks named on the list. And then we'll kind of find out come the summer because that's, that's a, a very powerful moment and a powerful month for the players to, and their families to 
kind of experience that draft. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think it's a good point too on, you know, some of the other guys around the division, they're just going to draw some scouts in and uh, Korchinski does. He stands out when you watch him. He's a terrific player, but it helps everybody else, right? When you're playing against that level of talent to not only show what you can do against that level of talent, but then maybe standing out when the scouts watch and, you know, another Without three and doubt. three weekend, Nick, where, you know, last weekend, great. You get the, the overtime, you know, win. that was a great game Friday night up in Seattle, the tough shootout loss at home to tri city. And then you point out on Sunday, you fall down two nothing and then score five straight. Like, Hey, no big deal. <laughs> There's a three goal win uh, over Camloops on Sunday. Another three and three weekend uh, scheduled on the road in tri city. We know you got the big rivalry game, a TV game as well, coming up on Saturday and then closing it yeah. up with Spokane at home. Just how big is it for them to continue momentum? I mean, you pointed out how, I mean, the, the U S division standings are crazy. If I showed people what they look like five weeks ago, you'd think, all right, well, you know, Hey, you know, at least they changed the format. Maybe Portland could get home ice advantage. And now you're sitting there like, okay, well, let's chase down Seattle is Everett next. What's the next goal? Like the standings are tight. How big is this weekend for them? Oh, it's massive. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not, we're going to the playoffs next week, massive, but in terms of you have three games against all three different U S division opponents is what makes it so important because this is where the point separation and the standings really starts to shore itself out. Uh, You know, the Hawks are one of four teams in the Western or they're in the top four in the Western conference. And they're one of three U S teams in that top four, along with Seattle and Everett. So once again, the U S division, very stacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you go, you know, you're going against tri city team that frankly played well against you. Tri city stole that win on Friday, uh, you know, to start the three and three this past weekend. And Nick Abakian really had a great start in net. Uh, but Portland, you know, on paper, they still have the better team, uh, but tri city's got a little, they caught a little fire. They got hot. They beat Kamloops the day before that. Uh, when they kind of came back from down four nothing, so they had momentum going into the game. Uh, you know, when when the teams last played over the weekend and on Saturday, and uh, that's going to be a tough task. It's one that you don't want to overlook if you're Portland because Tri Cities kind of played really well with the Hawks this year, and then when you have Seattle and Spokane to wrap up the weekend, those are both two home games again. So uh, you like having a favorable home matchup against Seattle. Uh, I wonder if you're going to see Lucas Fakovsky in a, a couple of different additions then to the Seattle roster because yeah. uh, that's what's been missing so far since their deadline because of the whole travel situation of getting a player, uh, you know, right around the you know week before the deadline. And I think there was some COVID protocol things going on there. So you might see a different Seattle team than you've seen in the past. Uh, and I hope Jordan Gustafson also uh, comes back healthy. He was one of those top players as well in central scouting, but I know he was a part of the, uh, uh, what the I guess I could say controversial boarding hit at the end right. of uh, the period there from Cross Hannis and uh, just to shore that one up for the fans tuning in who who were aware of that situation. When I talked to Cross, he wasn't meaning to, to injure Jordan Gustafson. He was trying to battle for the puck. He was shoulder shoulder. She hit herself. He doesn't want to see you know a good competitor like that go down. Uh, but but I know there was no ill will there, and I understand he already served the two game suspension. So you're going to get Cross Hannis back, yep. uh, which then helps the you know the Winterhawks roster immediately. But yeah, last weekend I think it was a situation where you were you were looking at it and like, man, Seattle and Kamloops and and then Tri City has played well and in hindsight Tri City got the the lone victory of those three against the Hawks. So five of possible six points was very good. And I think the Hawks are probably looking at a full sweep this weekend. Like they they want that, but you got to take it a game at a time. You got to take care of business against Tri City on the road Friday before you can focus on your home games. Uh, and, and ultimately, too, for that it's just come down to conditioning, which I think the Hawks are a very well conditioned team. Shout out to a uh, Rich Campbell and his crew, because we don't have that superstar first round pick on your team. You got to focus on, you know, kind of doing it by committee. And that's what Mike Johnson said since our first week. Uh, and even our first episode of the podcast here is he's, he's got to find that depth scoring. And now it's starting to come. So uh, 
this will be a good another learning point of are the t- is the team going to stay hot and kind of continue this and this isn't just a flash in the pan or are they going to take a step down a little bit? I think it's going to be more the former uh, where this team is going to kind of continue its success and yeah there's going to be some hiccups I'm sure there always are especially when you're playing three straight games uh, but this is a team that's hungry for a couple wins and you especially if you get a big win on Saturday against Seattle that helps really close that gap in the division standing so that's why it's really important yeah it's going to be a huge week and I love the conditioning note too and then also you don't want to all those eggs kind of can get put in the basket of a big time home game against Seattle on a Saturday night and you don't want to let the other one slip yeah. like they're all they all count the same whether you're playing Seattle or not and you don't want to let one slip on Friday uh, against Tri. well buddy hey this is it, it is so fun this is great as we kind of highlighted I didn't see this coming I figured they were going to be a good team a playoff caliber team and I think some of those expectations are changing just because of the way they're playing what Coach Yeh has brought since coming over in the trade and it's just exciting man one regulation loss basically now going on almost two months ago uh it is insane yeah. and we'll see if it, it it keeps up this weekend thanks as always and we'll catch up again on episode nine man that sounds great i'll also see you at the week this or i'll see you at the rink this week which I'll will be, be nice so uh we'll have a couple of good games to enjoy together and obviously thanks for always for having me on and, and hopefully the fans uh have kind of enjoyed this coverage as well andy i think you're doing a great job kind of grabbing some different players to to talk with and give them the background side of it since you know some covid regulation stuff we can't have that face-to-face yeah. interaction just yet so we want to get that back so i really appreciate all the work you're doing too and uh for the fans who, who've stuck it out till the duration just hang with these hawks teams i hope it'll be a really fun month of january into february um and who knows maybe, maybe you're with us i mean let us know if, if you're kind of surprised too with uh how well the teams turn things around and and what your expectations might be for the second half of the season because it'll be a really fun one to enjoy this together There you have it. Awesome stuff. Uh, And uh, absolutely. Thanks to Nick for hopping on every single episode. He has been great. I love his insight, traveling with the team and uh, getting an inside look at what's going on with the Hawks. It it has been fun all season. Again, thanks to Merrick Alshur. He was just a joy to talk to Uh, coming over in the import draft. He he has uh, turned some heads this year, the way that he's played. And congratulations to him for getting named to the Central Scouting Watch List. And it's going to be exciting to see first, obviously, what this team can accomplish the rest of the way, but then where he's able uh, to get selected. So it's a busy weekend as um, we're you know publishing this podcast on a Friday, three and three on the road Friday night, and then back at home uh, tomorrow Saturday against Seattle, and then Sunday against Spokane. And this team has been playing great as we highlighted with Nick. Only one regulation loss since the calendar turned to December. That is pretty remarkable, and they are trying to chase down some teams in the U.S. division. And uh, it should be another fun weekend of Winterhawks hockey. These three and threes, man, you can't beat them. You kind of build up the anticipation all week, and then you get a game Friday, Saturday, uh, and Sunday. So. Rivalry night Saturday night against uh, Saturday night against Seattle. Don't forget you can catch it if you're not at the arena uh, on Portland CW. I'll be on the call with that one with Mike Benton. Uh, and then next weekend they got the hockey is for everyone Pride night against Prince George uh, with the Cougars in town. So some great promotional stuff going on here the next couple of weeks as well. That will do it for episode eight of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. For tickets and for more information, you can go to winterhawks.com. I'm your host Andy Dirt Johnson. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Thanks so much again to Merrick Alsher and Nick Merrick for hopping on. We'll talk to you again on the podcast coming up in two weeks. Go Hawks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.